0: Welcome to Retirementals, a podcast that dives headfirst into the issues facing the financial sector at the intersection of investment, technology, and financial advice. Hosted by Abraham Okasanya, you can expect raw honesty, critical analysis, and energetic interviews. Here is your host, Abraham Okasanya. Hi guys,
1: it's Abraham here. I've got a huge favour to ask you, if you're enjoying this podcast, can you please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Now, let's get into it. Hello, and welcome to Retirementals. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the podcast. My guest today is Dan Haylett, who is a financial planner and director at TFP Financial Planning based in Essex. Dan, welcome to Retirementals.
2: Hi, Abraham. Thanks for having us.
1: Dan uh thank you for making the time to join the podcast i've known you now uh over 5 years uh tell us a bit about uh yourself and how you got into this business of financial planning
2: yeah it's, it's probably a a journey that one that a few haven't taken um my uh my my original thoughts to try and be a professional cricketer and golfer didn't quite work out when i realized i wasn't very good at it or wasn't good enough um but i um yeah I, my my career kind of within financial services started in the investment management fund management industry and so the dark side on... basically
1: <laughs> in
2: in the dark side absolutely yeah 100% i've i've made it over eventually which is great so um but yeah so i started off uh in in sales worked my way through um ended up uh, as head of regional sales at legal and general investment management and um, and really throughout that period of my career I I toured the country and um worked with financial advisors and planners uh, in and around their investment proposition I think we met at that point as well many years ago when when I when when I was uh, on that side of the fence and throughout that period saw the good the bad and the ugly of of uh, of financial advice and what was going on and um always had in my head that I wanted to make the jump at some point but found it pretty challenging to uh, jump off the treadmill of corporate world um, but also find the right person and business to be able to make that leap with and um, yeah very fortunate um, kind of four five years ago now that I kind of had a conversation with with Casey the other director at TFP and um were aligned thoughts were aligned plans were aligned um and um yeah i'd known casey for a number of years and we had a had a really good chat understood what he wanted to do understood what his business was about and and took 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 the leap to do that so i don't think there's many people that have really made that change from investment management world to um to to planning world and it's really helped me yeah shape what i what I want to do, and I, I'm sure we we'll get on to investments later. But uh,
1: yeah. why is it so difficult, though? You know, um, you know, to jump from, say, head of sales, you know, at an asset management business, um, or even, you know, BDM. Why is it so hard to jump into that? I mean, sorry, jump from that into uh, financial planning.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I think I think it's more. I think it's more common when you see kind of platform sales people seem to be, seem to do it a lot more than the investment management side fund, fund sales guys. Um, mm. I'm not, do, do you know, I, I, I think fund sales guys are paid pretty well. Um, right. yeah, I'm not sure that. whether it's, you know, it's hard to kind of jump off the, the, the corporate, the corporate ladder, um, Yeah. Do you know what? I'm, 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 I'm really, I'm, I'm really not sure, but it's interesting because when I first did it, I had a number of people contact me saying, Oh, I, you know, how did you do it? Why I've been thinking about this for ages. And um, I think it is a bit of a leap of faith that you, that you have to take. And it, it, you know, I think you need to be very much in the right space to, to be able to do it. Um, And I wish more would do it because there's some great guys in fund sales that have got knowledge of, you know a lot of things that they could bring to the table and um and i think i think the skills that you learn in, in how to communicate with people is 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 something that is really transposable over to having to communicate with with other humans that we do in in the planning world so um yeah i'm not i'm not sure abraham i'm not sure and i wish that's more right would
1: do. no it's it's uh, it's just a fascinating uh thing to think about so um Give give us some insights into how you joined TFP. So, uh, you know, I, I've known TFP Casey and um, you know for 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 on a number of years now. And I remember at the time when uh, you were coming in, essentially uh, as part of that, shall we call it succession plan for Ian, who uh was actually the the original founder of of tfp talk us through that process did you buy in into the business at that point um you know what, what was that journey like
2: yeah so um yeah part part of the conversations i had with casey one of the reasons why i kind of wanted to do it was there was the ability to be able to be a director be an owner um and you know, Ian was very much in the the latter stages of of his career and wanted to 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 move on and exit. Um so I think actually going back to what you just said, I think it's a big thing, right? I think you, you leave corporate world and I don't I, I want to leave I wanted to leave corporate world and actually not go into another kind of smaller corporate structure. I wanted to 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 be my own boss and to to have a business and to 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 work like that. So I think it's rare that you get that opportunity. So I leapted it, um yeah, so really joined um I didn't buy into the business there, and then it was very much kind of written down and all part of the plan to be able to do it at a certain point um, I purposefully started from the ground up, um I wanted to embed myself in the business and um you know in, and and start from you know the bottom and you know what what I did running around selling. And and working with the financial plans on the investment side I never really got into the crux of you know the admin and what needed to be get you know what done there so I very much made sure I took a good um, year 18 months for that before I um, kind of become authorized and started giving advice so I wanted to really kind of take my time and learn and understand uh, everything about um, you know what real lifestyle financial planning was about. And that's kind of why I joined there because that's the thing I wanted to deliver. Um and yeah, so we would we were due to kind of do do the deal. Um the 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 kind of deal is to kind of buy in and and um lump some investment into the business and then obviously a pay away for Ian would then come about over the over the course of the next seven, eight years um and covid hit which was great um which (laughs) which delayed it slightly and took us on a bit of a roller coaster um to kind of finalize all of that all of that transaction um but yeah it's been it's been been a roller coaster of a journey and i think if i did it again i probably wouldn't change it I, i i loved getting into the the weeds of the business and really understanding everything and developing my own thoughts and styles and practices um, kind of going into meetings and watching and listening and had the opportunity to to really step back and listen to people and and um, ask questions of other financial planners that I knew and people like yourself and be able to kind of really submerse myself into what I wanted to do without kind of having to learn relearn loads of stuff which was which was really good.
1: It's fascinating that a couple of things that jump at me here is uh, you know the fact that first of all, you had to yourself be financially uh, you know uh, capable of or prepared to make this type of jump from you know um, you know high income, you know sales driven type environment into, as you said, um you know actually go go back to the basic of financial planning so they they obviously correct me if I'm wrong um, some sort of at least immediate pay cut there, so you have to be 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 yeah. willing and able financially to do that, and then you have to check in your ego at the door right as you know not bringing the mentality of sort of Regional head of sales at you know a PLC into a small boutique financial planning business, and then of course there is also the financial uh, you know collaboration of of being able to buy out uh, you know having the capital to to buy into the business and the existing business owners you know, having the patience, <laughs> you know, to sell or, you know, uh, over an eight-year period, as you said. This is fascinating for me because I think you've been through a journey, A, that many, uh, you know, younger financial planners are struggling with, right? You know, successors that get, get brought in into business and five, ten years down the line, there's still no clear path into how they... To get into that ownership side of things, and um, you know we've got this pace of consolidators going around buying financial planning firms, which I recognise a lot of lifestyle, uh, you know, evidence-based financial planners don't like. So I guess the, the the question I'm getting at is how what what how do you advise both experienced owners? and younger financial planners to think about this type of uh, transition.
2: Yeah, it's really like your your observations are absolutely spot on. Everything that you said those kind of three points were um you know big pay cut the the wife was questioning it quite a lot throughout <laughs> throughout the process. Um she knew every reason why I wanted to do it you know, purpose and and, and and wanting to, you know, the long-term game. But, yeah, the, there were some tricky times, right? I mean, there were some tricky times during that. It's You go from X to real down here and and the ego at the door is a big thing. I think you're going to – for me, it was, as you said, one of the learnings I had that I'd like is probably one of the biggest things that you said. I think it's, you know, you. I, I don't feel like I've ever had a big ego at all, but you obviously get to a point where you're managing people and you're – you're, you're you're sure in what you say, and you've learned a lot. and And now it's I'm now making the tea. Um, literally, I'm I, I'm I'm kind of in there making the tea, and I'm listening and I'm learning. And mm. Um, mm. and and I think yeah, th- those two things were tough. I mean, I, I questioned it a lot throughout. Um, and Casey was brilliant. And I think that's that I, I, all the stars were aligned. Really fortunate for me. Casey's been fantastic and a great kind of he's been patient with me. I'm you know, and 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 everything, um, and my family's been wonderful, and they've been patient, um, and and yeah, I think it's it's, it's th- those observations are really true, and I think that's absolutely right. And I think financially, if you can get yourself in the position that allows you to do it, it's wonderful. Um, it's you know, the, joining TFP was a two or three year plan. Mm. You know, it, it 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 it's something that I wanted to do, and I knew how I wanted to do it. I was squirreling some money away to be able to try and be able to think about doing this and, 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 you know, the opportunity to join TFP come up. I think, the, you know, I think the, the, the consolidator thing is, is interesting. Um, and there are so many, I think young financial planners now coming up. I say young, I'm, I feel like I'm old. I probably am old compared to a lot of them. Um, but but I think there's there's lots of young financial planners that I kind of come across on social media, et cetera, that seem to have their head in exactly the right place. They, they, they're saying the right things and they want to do the right things. Um, and mm-hmm. I think it's down to us as established businesses to try and give people the platform to be able to do this stuff. I think there's a lot of businesses that... They might join that maybe don't fulfil that very quickly, and you you know the last thing you want to do as a young planner that's got all your head in the right place and want to do it is hop around two or three times maybe to find the right to find the right place to go. So, um, I think I think the, the for me, and I may be wrong, but the people that I'm talking to and I know, and this is our ethos, and I'm sure we will get onto this, but this kind of employee ownership legacy business, I think, is where you know, where we'll see the real good boutique businesses go. Um, I think consolidators will get consolidated by other consolidators. We're already seeing that, which is barmy. Um, and then I think we, you know, I definitely think some of these really strong, mm. good, still large, but boutique planning businesses are going to go down the road of bringing in people with the, with the possibility of having ownership in the business.
1: Insightful stuff. Thank you for that, Dan. Now we're just going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. Nikki Heaton-Jones is the Managing Director and the Chief Investment Officer at Betafolio, the high-tech, low-cost, discretionary model portfolio manager. Typical model portfolio service costs about 36 basis points. That's in addition to the funds, the platform, you know, the advice fees. Tell us a bit about Betafolio's view and approach on fees.
0: Well, I don't think anyone that knows us already, Abraham would be surprised to hear me say that in a nutshell, NPS fees are too high. if you include the fund charges and the platform fee that you already talked about, we get close to 1%, I think, on average for a lot of retail clients. And that's before they start paying for the financial plan, which is the part of the service that will ultimately add the most value for them in their advisor relationship and experience. Um, so, I mean, my view on fees and Bitfolio's view on fees is that they have a real impact on current outcomes that needs attention. Um, and that's why we're building a scalable solution with technology that will allow us to keep costs low. And I think we also should consider the impact of these fees on advisors' businesses too. Advisors need to to make a profit from from their work. They need to have a viable business, and their cost bases have been rising because of regulation, and the, the more... Cost they have to pass through to their clients for overcomplicated services in in turn puts pressure on the advisor's own fees and and ultimately makes it not possible for them to to run a, a good business. So fees are really crucial, um, and I'm really happy that we're in a position to be having a positive influence on the the trends in the market.
1: Good stuff. Thank you, Nikki. A to you for. You know all of the hard work that goes into that, scrolling money away. Um, you know in in those in those latter years of your uh, you know investment sales career to be able to make the jump, having the humility, and I really mean that, Dan, uh, in the truest sense of the word, because of course I was consulting for TFP, um, you know, at the time, and you would come into the room. Uh, you know during the investment committee meeting and basically just sit there and listen for the best part of an hour ask you know not being afraid at the end of that process to to ask you know two or three questions you know and no ego absolutely no um you know keen to 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 get into the into the weeds of things, and and I think that's that's in, just just incredible. So I know that s- since you joined, you and Casey essentially completely trans you know transformed the business in terms of um, you know the clients you're serving, the fee structure, the marketing side of things. Open, you know, open, open uh, blank uh, slate uh, here. Tell us about the trans. Oh, actually, first of all, tell us about where the business is today, and then tell us about the transformation. Um, you know that you've done over the last uh, couple of years.
2: Yeah, so you know, business is in great shape. Um, we've got, including me and Casey, seven in uh, seven employees. So five other. Um, employees um, and building a wonderful team of young switched on people and that's one of the things that we really want to do um, and and help them what we believe is learner probably a better way to, to to deliver the life-changing work that we do and get them really involved so that that's that you know that is really it's in really good shape from that perspective um, and yeah, so the, the, the business is, I suppose, classified as a lifestyle financial planning business in terms of the the type of process that we go through and the journey that we go on with clients. Um, Casey was very much on the transition to um, kind of the cash flow side of things well before that, well before I joined, and becoming a proper planning uh, planning business. Um, so yeah, so now we've got. About 150 client families that are engaged with us. There's probably another hundred odd that's legacy. Um, we can get onto how that how that come about. Um, and we're very intentional right now about who we deal with. I'm a big fan of the smallest viable audience um, piece that mm. Seth Godin and Carl Richards talks about. Um, and there'll be work that we'll do on that. But knowing who we serve, knowing the impact that we have on people, um, and Really, really positioning ourselves as experts in 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 that space.
1: Yes, no, brilliant stuff. So, t- tell us about those, um, you know, uh, legacy clients. What is it? How how does a client become legacy? What is it that turns you know a client at some point to a legacy client? And how are you transitioning? Um, them into into what's next for them.
2: Yeah, uh, legacy is probably the right. I don't. I suppose that it's the industry word, isn't it? I don't really like it. No,
1: I don't. I don't think there's the right word, the word, right? Is. You know, yeah. so there's no need to feel uh, anyhow about, yeah. about it. Yeah, but
2: I think um, so. So I mean, going back to that, I mean, the business is was 25 years old last year. So Ian uh, started right, the business right. up 25 years ago, and it, it was a traditional. Financial advice business. Um, it went through different iterations in terms of how many advisors it had and 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 everything. Um, and so Casey then joined the business ten years. It's this is ten year kind of anniversary this year. Uh, ten years ago, and when he joined the business, he uh, brought with him um, three retiring financial advisors, client banks. Um. And so this was Casey's first venture into financial advice as well. So he Casey was a a, a platform consultant and 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 so a very similar journey to me actually is, yeah, we, we, we. um so he he bought in that, brought into the business, um, and that, that was 10 years ago. So obviously at that point you had a 15 year old business that had clients, you then had a three client banks come in that Casey had, had brought in um, and and kind of move, you know, I think they went through a couple of years of pain and hell to kind of, you know, get all that sorted. Um, And then at that point, Casey was, you know, very much bringing in lifestyle planning, cash flow modeling and everything into the business and transitioning clients into that. Um, And then, yeah, so, so really what's happened and so I joined four years ago and I can get into kind of what we did from there. Um, And as over the last couple of years, definitely kind of understanding who we work best with. Um, And the kind of the legacy side of the business is very much those clients that are not engaged with financial planning. Um, We provide them with, you know, a, we're here if you want us service um of our definition. And I think that, that where where the business is going and what we're doing at the moment, as well, in, as well as bringing clients in, we're talking to existing clients that fit the bill of planning and seeing if they want that service. Um, if they don't, they go into a kind of an investment management service, for one of a better phrase, you know, it's kind of, we're here if you want us. And then we're very much intentional about finding probably a much better home for these. So I'm a big fan of going, I think those clients will be a financial advisor's really good clients and we'll be able to service you know, them a lot better than we will because our direction of travel is up. with a couple of financial advisors that we've been speaking to that we know that we really like and respect um, that are a very different business to us in a different stage. And I think they would love some of these clients to be able to do it. And I think that's the, the best thing to do for them. Um, yeah, so that's kind of, and I think what that then allows us to do is that frees up our time and energy to be able to really go full into um, in, in, into the kind of clients that that we want to work with because they are more complex and they take up more of our time and um, yeah, that that's kind of the direction of travel that we're going. But it's not a wholesale. Here's this bunch of clients. Here they go. It's it's very much doing it kind of slowly surely the right way ensuring that they're comfortable with where they're going and why um and yeah and 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 then and then kind of moving them on to someone that we feel will do um will be better placed to serve them as they need to
1: so so one of the things that you've been very you know fo- vocal about is how you know the planning process the lifestyle uh you know financial planning process really makes a difference you know a transformational difference in 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 people's lives and you've you've you know one of the things i love about your your twitter stream is this occasional uh you know snippets that come up about you know the experience you just had with with clients talk a little bit about where you think the real value that you bring to the table for
2: clients lie? yeah i think the real value is human to human contacts i think that it's you know the the ability for these for 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 couples to have conversations that they've probably never ever had even though they've been married for a number of years um uh, about their life i think establishing what's most important to them is eye opening for a lot of these people, um, and 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 the impact of really spending their time and their money on what's most important. That that you know that they're the things that come back time and time again. Um, postcards from people that have moved to Spain and pictures of people on um, pictures of people that are. Uh, I had a client that went on a uh, he's always wanted to race his motorbike and he, he went on a race in Wales and sent me pictures of his muddy bike and everything. It's time that they get freedom that they feel to be able to um, that. I mean, that's, you can't, you can't put a price on that stuff. It's just, it's, it's you know, so the ability for them to pick the phone up and call us and come and see us open door policy, know that we're there for them, know that we're there for them. If anything ever happened, um, all these things I think are the most important part of the service that we provide and, and the relationship we have with them.
1: So talk to me about um, how you've transitioned the, the, the fee structure of the business.
2: I've kind of simmered down on it. I think I when I first joined, I was quite, I was quite vocal. I've simmered down and, and but, but I still get on my soapbox every now and again. Look, so look, for me, I, I do not like percentage charges. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't know how if I can sit here and say that my relationship is fully invested in the client and what they're trying to achieve and the service that we're going to provide them to do it. If I, if I charge them a percentage fee, then my relationship is biased towards their money. And I'm a big believer in that. I think if we're talking about planning and lifestyle planning, the level of wealth that you have shouldn't dictate the fee that you pay for the service that you get. Um, And, you know, and I I am pretty purposeful and passionate about that. So, again, it was actually one of the thoughts I had. And, and you know, going touring around the country in my days of fund sales and saw these, percentage charges and going along to conferences and having a stand and listening to financial advisors bragging about how much they charge this guy with three million quid and all this stuff and kind of just feeling this is wrong right this is this is life-changing circumstances transitions for the people that you're serving and you're talking about earning 30,000 pound 40,000 pound a year for one meter service we, you know you, you, you price based on the service that you're going to give them With wealth comes complexity. So there is a natural correlation between the more money that you've got, potentially the more money that you pay, but it doesn't always work like that. It doesn't always work like that at all. Um, So, yeah. And one of the reasons why I really kind of bonded with Casey over this is that he had the same thoughts and was probably a little bit stuck in the mayo. And I come along and just blew it all up and went, we're doing it. If I'm joining, we're doing it. Um, Because this is how I think a real... Life centered, human focused financial planning <laughs> business should should charge their clients, um, and and yeah, and and so yeah, that that's kind of where we are. But you know that that's and I, and I think what that then does actually, to be honest, for the client is it actually puts the service. more, If there's a percentage of investments, um, which some of the book is still on, right? So some of our clients are very much still on percentage of investments and the conversations are still about their investments. There is a correlation between how you charge and what you talk about. So, um, you know, and, and and we wanted to step away from that. So, yeah, it's very much, it's been in force for three years now, um, transition clients over to it. Um, hmm. And, um, you yeah, know, I think it's, for me, I, and, and I, I can't believe more don't do it. Um, I still think there's only a handful that really truly charge Fixed fees, initial and ongoing, because they're probably a little bit scared of um of of what it might look like, um fee wise, and actually how to make that mechanism work. Um, but mm. you know, I think we're we were very much kind of if we're seventy percent of the way there, eighty percent of the way there, let's do it. If you're ever going to try and get hundred percent, you probably never get it done. So, um, yeah, it, it's a big thing for me. It's kind of. It's it's what I wanted to do in the business I wanted to have,
1: and and you you display these things, um, you know, on your website. So you know you you prize by complexity, and you know if you say starting from say five hundred pounds a month, um, kind of the the flat, you know, the 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 the, the first layer of that fee, and. It, is, would you say this is attracted clients to you? I mean, I think you're, you we've had this conversation before, where you said to me that actually you have quite a, a meaningful number of clients in financial services, uh, in in the investment management industry, who, who come to you for for this. Talk talk a little bit about how this is, may, you know, maybe attracted just the right client, uh, kind of client, and maybe even repel some, you know, you must have experience of where uh, yeah. actually clients don't engage with you, perhaps because of this type of uh, fee structure.
2: Yeah, both. Absolutely. I think on, on, on the kind of repel side, it, it is, it's doing the right job. It You know, it, it is, it's putting off the people that we would probably spend a bit of time getting to know and, and they wouldn't become clients because they haven't got they're not in the position in life. They're not in the position kind of, you know, career. And they're not in the position financially where the work that we do, that we love doing, um, is most meaningful. So it definitely does. You know, we we have the phone doesn't ring off anymore. We haven't got all these. So, you know, when a client rings us um, and they email us or potential client, most of the time they're they're people that we want to talk to and that's why I'm a big believer in transparency. in you know I don't in in a profession and in industry where transparency is is kind of talked about a lot and trust and all of this stuff why would you not want to tell a client how much it costs? like what well, I don't I, I, you know and I think there's still 5% of advisors in the UK that publish their fees on their website. um and you're right we've had people come to us going well one of them can see what it is. and yeah we you know we we have taken on and have got And it's kind of where we're going with the type of client we work with, clients that work in fund management, uh, high up in in kind of distribution and marketing in fund management world um, and fixed fee structure. And these guys have been around and they've dealt with financial advisors before. And I've had people come to me going, I've never got this percentage fee thing. Never, never understood why. And actually, one of the reasons why I didn't go to see a financial advisor is because I felt like I was going to get ripped off. I've got five million pound of invested money and they were going to charge me 50 grand a year and I've never thought it was so it's really interesting that people within the circles that understand it a little bit seem to have been kind of waiting for this kind of structure to happen before they've engaged with it because they've wanted a planning service not an investment management service Um, you know they've wanted planning first followed by investing according to the plan not charge me 50 grand a year to run my money because as the cfo of a big investment house i can probably run my money better than you can that kind of thing so why am i going to pay you 50 grand to run my money i want to pay someone for a service that is there where we engage as a family and we're planning and we're moving forward um so i've had a couple of those cases lately um
1: but often the impact of the impact or the results of a planning-led uh approach to planning, right? Life focused. I, I I struggle to find the right phrase for, you know, we've tried uh lifestyle financial planning. You used, I, I was speaking the words, you used human focus, uh, you know, I've had planning-led, all these phrases to distinguish um you know r- real I'm still gonna use the word real financial planning um but but often the the impact of it or the result of it is actually then that they do um get you to you know, manage the money as well, which you you you're able and capable of doing. So, talk to me around. Talk to me about. I know that you've also made you know changes to to the investment proposition or the you know the investment philosophy. Talk a little bit about that, please.
2: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You, no, you are absolutely right. You know, I think they you, you you lead with the planning, and they want to then entrust you with their money to get out of and said, well, here's your little play pot go scratch your itch over there and you can have that. And we will look after this nice big chunk of money that is now going to provide you with the income that you need to live the life that you want and all of the other bits that you want to do. Um, If you want X amount, then go and buy FinTech stock and all of that stuff, you know, go and do it over there. Um, So yeah, so we've done that. So yeah, look, you know, my, my, my investment philosophy personally for was built throughout my career working in both active and, and, and passive or index houses. Um, and I've brought that into, um, into the way that, that we run money. Um, we've um, It's very much around the evidence. So I started off in active houses and I definitely saw the bad and the ugly of uh, how that was run. Um, and um, now it's all about the evidence. It's the only way I think you can invest to a plan. Um, and we are thrilled to 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 kind of work with you guys at Betafolio to um, collaborate, run our investment. It's fabulous. It's it's a wonderful piece of tech and kit that actually to our ideal clients, people that have worked in investment management uh, world and banking, they love it, absolutely love it. Um, and yeah, so evidence based. All about uh, the plan first, diversification, low cost, everything that we know that over the long term works. We can run long term money um, for clients that can produce a sustainable income that allows them to take advantage of their spending window, um, which we're very passionate about. Um, you know, that window of opportunity to front load the spending with purpose. If we can show you your spending in that window, surely that's a wonderful outcome. This is not an annuity-led income thing. Um, so, yeah, and, and all of the our investment proposition that we've built and the tech that we employ all goes towards ensuring that we are giving our clients the utmost confidence to spend their money hard in their spending window, which typically shuts in your early 70s. Um, and, you know, at that point, we want to um, make sure that they're you know, they're taking advantage of their time. So everything is is led towards that. Um, not trying to time anything, not trying to beat anything, not trying to be clever. Um, and 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 these guys love it. I mean, I've got clients that have worked in active fund management for years that are very, very, very happy that their own money is being run the way that we run it which is a very interesting concept to me. So, yeah.
1: It's fascinating. One of the things I like to do when I meet financial, not, not financial advisors, but investment management people, um, is to kind of get, you know, ask them what's in their own portfolios. And you will find that, you know, just a an unbelievable, you know, number of them just have the simplest, you know, low-cost, globally diversified—you uh, know—portfolios that you can you can come across, while still waking up every day to persuade people or or even manage—you uh, know—active uh, portfolios for people, which which says it all. But um, this has been a, a really fa- fascinating conversation, Dan. I want to start to wrap this up, otherwise, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, someone, my producer's gonna it's gonna uh, eat me alive uh you know but um so you've clearly laid a a great foundation you've gone you know for for you know for a meaningful business going forward where do, you know you talked earlier about kind of the three year the 10 year plan that you've been working with with brett on where do you see this business going i mean you're still a very young man you know you're what you're your your early 40s you know yeah, uh, don't, I'm, I'm,
2: I'm 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 my big four zero birthdays in a couple of weeks so i'm, I'm not i'm not 40 jesus
1: <laughs> christ you're a young man a baby a baby i mean i i recently turned 40 i know i know i don't look it you know black don't crack all that stuff <laughs> so, but you've got uh you know years ahead of you Where do you see this business
2: going? Yeah, it's a meaningful time frame, isn't it, to create something really special. And I think that, you know, Casey, I do remind him quite a lot that he is older than me. Not by a lot, though, only a couple of years. um, (laughs) But, you know, we're both, I'm 40, he's 42. We've both got meaningful years at this and we want the team, the clients and the community that that, that we're in and and we've got an opportunity to do it. Um, And... It's it, in, interestingly, we've got people that want to work with us because we're going to outlive them and they want longevity to their plans. Right. Which I think, again, another thing I would say to young financial planners: don't be scared about dealing with people that are uh, in a different transition, right. different life phase, because
1: yes, the, yes,
2: people really value that. They want longevity to their plans, etc. Um Yeah. So, you know, the 10 year plan is, is meant to be big, hairy and audacious. Um, And so for us, it's building something that retains the ethos that we've got now, um, but is obviously bigger, serving more people, um, allowing more young people to come through schooling, whether it's kind of high school or into university, providing a pathway for people to see financial planning and the various different aspects of financial planning all as careers, whether it's admin or team leading or para planning or office, you know, practice managing, doesn't always have to be that you kind of move yourself through into a financial planner's role um and so we want to build something meaningful that you know that the local community has you know schools around it um working with them to offer routes into to that so that's really important to me and Casey we we, we love working with younger people and educating them um and who knows what it, we, we I don't like stuff because you don't I don't want to be stuck to that um but you know build something that's really meaningful and then for me i think look we, you know we've got a good a good number of years at this um we want this business to have lots of longevity on it the employee ownership route is something we are both focused on going down and you know i, I absolutely love what i do i want to build a business that i'm proud of forever and i never want to not have that business around if that makes sense i might not be in it and um i may you know, I'm, I may not work in it full- time, I may get my time back in my 60s, whatever it may look like, but I want a business that I'm proud of that mm. the kids are proud mm. of and the community's proud of, and not you just go and sell it to some consolidator for some big whacking fee. Um, so that's the kind of direction that we definitely want to go down.
1: Incredible, incredible stuff. Uh, Dan, I've really enjoyed our conversation. I like I love you know the the humility that you bring to the process i love the sort of the long-term thinking and and the you know as you said just the the down-to-earth approach so thank you very much for taking the time to to have a conversation with me on the podcast uh yeah keep keep doing the the great work that you're doing
2: yeah you too abraham you've been awesome you're you keep fighting that fight, and um, what you're doing is massively supporting what we do, timeline and beta folio and has huge impact on on what we're doing with clients. So um, yeah, keep keep putting your head above that above that pit, and and keep saying what you're saying, because it's um, you know we're in it to transform this. So um, and grateful to you too.
1: remiss if i don't thank my incredible team who worked very hard to put this program together thank you thank you very much guys i'd like to thank our sponsors timeline app the retirement planning software and beta the high-tech low-cost flat fee model portfolio manager and you our listeners thank you for your time i hope you've had as much fun listening to the program as we have making it you can find more about the show at retirementals.co.uk, and you can follow me on Twitter. My handle is Abraham on Money. Until next time, thank you and goodbye.